The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm your host, Kat Victorino, and joining me today, Deepak Gohill and James Little. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. So we had the first game of the 2019 football season, and what can we say? It was kind of ugly, wasn't it? Still a win, though. It was a win, though. That was the important thing. (laughs) So tell me about your impressions of the first game. Go on, Deepak. Well, let's just get one thing out of the way with. We won the game, okay? (laughs) And that, for us, is probably the most important thing of all to take into another road trip going into Cincinnati. Now, a neutral friend of mine, he made an assessment of this game, which uh, I didn't like, but I grudgingly accepted. And he basically said, the team that won this game is the one that's going to make the least number of mistakes. So... I thought it was a low blow, but if you think about what he said, he wasn't far off. It was an error-ridden game, and you know we yeah. weren't at our best. Our defense was was remarkable, actually. It's been a long yes. time since we can actually look at our defense and think, yes. But for me, I think our defense spent far too much time on the field, and we really, you know, the scoreline is a little bit flattering, but you know, put put all that. Aside, we won this game, and there's a lot of positives to take into week two. Well, I was really tickled by the fact that we have already beaten our interception, our our turnover score from last year. We had two turnovers last year. We're up to three already, and it's only the first week of the season. Go D! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and two pick sixes. I, think... I thought of you, Kat. All those pick sixes. I'm like, she's been begging for one for years. Oh, I've been in. I was in heaven. <laughs> it was beautiful. I was so happy. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, I. Uh, <laughs> I think the defense lived up to all the hype so far. I know it's only one game, um, but it it indicates and shows to me that. If the offense is lacking, that we are going to be able to lean on these guys a little bit. And I said it before, and people say it's a cliche: defense wins championships. So, defense. I'm not quite saying we're going to win the Super Bowl yet, but if we, defense can carry us through and win a game, I think that's exactly what we saw in Week One. Um, the offense stuttered a little bit. Jimmy made a poor decision, uh, but then I think once he made that poor decision, unfortunately, give him a pick six, he grew in confidence and possibly got that out of his system. So, yeah, the defense was, it was exciting. It it was Nick Bosa, to me, so far, and he wasn't fully fit either. You could see there was a few uh, few occasions and times where if he'd have been fully fit, been able to get that movement fully on that ankle, he'd have probably got more pressures. And he got six uh, quarterback hurries, um, and he got one, he got sacked, didn't he? So, Nick Bosa looks the real deal so far, and he's at 75, supposed to be not even fully fit yet. So if that's what he's like, 75%, imagine what he's going to be like when he's 100%, um, and we've been crying out for a pass rush. D Ford has already admitted, I read today, that he wasn't 100% himself, and he, he says he's going to get better. So, And Buckner was a presence. He, I've heard today that he played, 
think it was 48 snaps or something. And in that heat, I think, you know, people, we, I watched that game and really, I just thought how hot it looked there. And muggy. So there, it's just, you're just dripping. Yeah. For them to be on the pitch that long and still perform the way they did is a positive. It's a completely different defence to what we've seen before. Um, and, you know, let's say that for me, they've, as far as week one goes, they've lived up to the hype and they got us through and won the game. Um, the turnovers speak for themselves, like you say. We had more turnovers in that game than we did the whole of last season. And I was quite pleased with the spoon got one because he's, including from me, has been I've criticised him in the past. And, you know, people like Sherman have said, stick with this guy. And, you know, week one again, it, it showed uh, it showed to be keep the faith, as it were. But no, very good. It wasn't great in terms of a game. It was very ugly. And uh, the penalties and the flags was frustrating, to yeah. say the least. That we'll get into that, but um, going back to the offense, you know, the defense was obviously the star of the show. I have to say, I completely agree with you, Deepak. I am a little concerned with how much time the defense is already spending on the field. But the offense had flashes of brilliance. I mean, it wasn't all bad for the offense. So, um, you know, Breda had a 13 yard long run, Mostert had an 18 yard long yard run. Granted, their stats overall are not great. Average for Breda was 2.5 yards. Mostert was 4.4. But, you know, you did get that that sense of, okay, it, it's starting to come together. It, I mean, I, there were plays, there were, there were drives even, where I was thinking, okay, Jimmy's starting to find his groove, and he's starting to find his players, and the team is starting to gel. Or am I dreaming? What do you think? Um, I think... You're right, we are starting to gel, and we did put up some okay-ish numbers, but the number that concerned me the most was our number one receiver, Pettis, only caught one yard, one catch for seven yards. That's it. Yeah. You know, and uh, you need to get guys like him in the game more. Now, I know people are going to say that, hey, you know, it's just week one, you know, we're rusty, but forgive me, isn't that what preseason is for, to, to figure all that stuff out? And training camp and mini camp and OTAs and <laughs> so I don't really accept that argument that we're rusty because we shouldn't be. We should be polished and ready to go on week one. And that was a concern for me that our number one wideout only caught one pass and that was for seven yards. But having said that, you know, Kittle was in the game. He didn't catch many yeah. yards, but he had a long of nineteen and and I still think you know, to get Jimmy Garoppolo back in from such a bad injury in a year off, you know, I think Kittle's going to be his favorite target moving forward this season. You know, he's got the hands. I mean, we dropped so many passes again. We dropped so <laughs> many interceptions. Oh, my God. Oh, that was a killer. I was spinning feathers. I mean, there, there was a, at least another pick six that we dropped, you know. So I have to ask, you know, where are these mental mistakes coming from? Because I think that's one of the things that's actually holding us back. In terms of talent, we look good. You know, we've got a lot of people involved in the game. Our running game was was good, actually. I wouldn't say it was poor, but we did, we need this running game to make life easy for Garoppolo. We need the running game to soften up a defense, you know. And we've got the stars. We've got the ability. But these errors are killing us. And it's completely self-inflicted. 
And, and I'm sorry, yeah. but I feel very passionate about this. I think we are, you know, we are worse than than the opponents that we have to face. You know, it's like facing two opponents. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that for a couple of years now. Bonnie had actually, Bonnie uh, McClory Flynn had asked, why are we so damn sloppy? Well, why are we so sloppy for crying out loud? It's lack of discipline, isn't it? And it comes, that comes down to coaching. And we've been through it before. We've, they say, you said two years. I'd probably say this goes back. Well, for me, it's an issue that we've had since Harbour. Since Harbour's gone, uh, sorry, not since he was there, but since he's gone, we've had a, a a lack of discipline through the rosters that we've had. And this is a completely new roster. You know, this this 53-man roster is very different to the one we had last season and very, even more different to the one we had the season before. So yeah. it's not even as if it's the same players. It's just lack of discipline throughout the players who wear the red and gold. And it, for me, it comes down to coaching. And they, these guys... It's not being coached into them to be more. De- then again, should they should they need to be told to be more disciplined? I mean, I think uh, Quan Alexander's ejection. Unfortunately, if you do that, and I don't think it was intentional, but if the way it happened, regardless in the replay show, it looks like he led with a head, so he got ejected. I think the reason behind the ejection was more how pumped and hyped he was to be playing against his former team. I think if he wasn't as pumped and as hyped and visibly showing. Uh, passion, he may have gotten away with that, but I think because he was pumped and passionate and hyped against his ex team, and then that happens, they automatically think that there's a bit of, you know, it's malicious and he's done that on purpose, which I don't think was the case at all. And I have fa- found that he got the game ball after the, after the for the game, which I thought was a is a bit weird to give a player who got ejected the game ball. Um, again, that I questioned that and thought, should that be the message we're giving these guys? You get ejected from a game, and then you get given the gamble. I don't uh, think that's a good thing at all. Yeah, I uh, I actually agree with you on that count that you don't reward ill discipline by giving him a game ball. And I also don't accept. Mm. I accept the fact that he didn't mean to do it per se, but I but there's a huge part of me thinks that he didn't actually have to do it either. You know, and yeah. these guys are trained and they they're coached and they and they train in a certain way where they're no longer hit like that anymore. It wasn't that long ago that NFL players used to hit each other like that in full practice. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they've stopped practicing like that for many many years. So again, for me, the pointy finger goes towards discipline. You know, it's just poor discipline, yeah. and it's really not acceptable because. The number of penalties that we've had that have taken us from favourable field positions into into trouble basically was was just too much. You know, I mean, you can you can get away with a holding penalty. You can't crucify anybody because there's a hold on every single down of every single NFL play since time began. Mm-hmm. But when you're lining up in the neutral zone, when you're <laughs> jumping off sides, you know, to me that's that's stupidity. That's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. That should be fine. You know, they should find them a thousand bucks every time they do it. You know, could be worse. Could yeah. have been like the uh, was it the Steelers? Did anybody see that? The center. Yeah. He was the only one who wasn't off a uh, false starting. That was so funny. Oh my god! <laughs> Rumor has it that he's still there. But no. <laughs> on a on a serious note, no, I uh, completely agree. I think Deepak's right. I think if they started finding these guys. You know, internally, not the NFL. Let's not get right. them involved. Yeah, they love to get involved internally. 
you know, just they don't even need to do it officially, do they? The head coaches say, right, okay, because you know we're going to start finding different penalties, and I don't know, put it in a pot, give it to charity, something like there that. You, you know, something like um, that. don't you know something like that. Well, I think I think that's a great idea. You want to write. <laughs> you want to write that? Send it somewhere. Yeah, I'll probably, but, um, get, I'll probably get short thrift from from Coach Allen. I love the guy. I think as an X's and O's, mm-hmm. he's a genius. There's nobody better in the NFL. But I really don't think he's a head coach. In my deep down inside me, I think that guy's not a head coach. He's a magnificent. He's a superb coordinator, and we should keep him at all costs. But he's not a head coach. <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't think. I always is. thought. I thought he'd get his old man involved. I really do. I've seen the seen videos of his old man down. Yeah. Then again, I suppose the it could be age. It could be could be done with football. You don't know personal circumstances. But I thought I always thought we, when we when I heard we'd got Kyle, and then I've seen videos of his dad down there at practice and things like that. I thought you know it wouldn't hurt to get him involved because from what I see, and I don't know too much, but he doesn't seem like a guy that you uh, you could mess about with, and you could you know he could still instill a bit of discipline. Yeah. But uh, then again, suppose is Kyle going to go run into his daddy? Well, and that's the thing is, ultimately, Kyle is the head coach. And ultimately, it is his responsibility to rein the team in and, and, and get them focused and teach them the discipline and, and instill that discipline. And here we are, year three, you know, and I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's genius. But we're still having the same conversation about the discipline and it's not getting better. And it's what's killing us. It is, and um, he is the brightest mind in the NFL without question, and, and I'm so, so thankful that we have him, but I think he is a, an OC, he's an X's and O's guy, he's not a butt kicker, he's not a shouter, he's not a screamer, we need a head coach that's going to take names and kick butt, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think unfortunately the only way we was going to get him anywhere near our organisation is to make, make is to have made him head coach. coach. I think, yeah. don't think he'd have come as a coordinator. No, so now we've got him in the building again. It's just fans talking about it, isn't it? I'm not. I don't. In reality, I can't see it. I think if I can't see him stepping down to an a you know coordinator position and giving the head coach all up to someone else because you could lose the respect of some guys doing that. Well, let's face it, in, in the real world, that's that's not going to happen. You know, what will happen is if there isn't improvement, he will get terminated. But I don't want to see that happen. I would like to see him grow as a head coach. I Part of my real life is coaching people, and I was not always very good at it, and I learned. And I, I really feel like if he is really given the opportunity, he could become a good head coach maybe not the greatest but I think he could be a strong offensive head coach since we're talking about offense I want to get to Mike Farron's point here um, he stated in the group I get frustrated with our offense it's either trying to be too cute or trying some weird scheme play and sometimes we just fool ourselves other times I think it's too conservative and we just want to dump it off or check down when actually trying to get the 10 yards by throwing further than the stick might be the best form of attack do we just not air it because A, it's early and we're a bit rusty, or it wasn't the game to do it, we don't have the weapons or trust the wide receivers, a bit of both, I'm talking poop, it's a good win and I'm hypercritical. What do you guys think about that? For me, that guy, he summarized the entire game in terms of exactly. You know, he, he basically yeah. covered every single base. <laughs> there we go, we're done recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
he, he covered every single base with why people were frustrated. And I think uh -huh. each one of those has got a lot of different reasons and rationales where we'd be here forever discussing each and every little component <laughs> of it. But I think, let's just remember, you know, what uh, James said earlier is we need to we need to bear this in mind. This is the first time this roster has played together, okay? And okay. we've been cursed with injuries as well. So for Shani to put all of this together, it's a huge ask on his part as well. So maybe a little bit harsh on Shani, but luck hasn't favoured us, you know? So, yeah, all those things that Mike Farron said, but we need a little bit of luck too. I just loved that statement. I just thought it encapsulated everything I was feeling at the moment. For me, a lot of what I watched was very frustrating and very predictable. It went like this. Run, run, pass. And I think, <laughs> and I say that, that's a, you know, tongue-in-cheek, but I think that we tried to run the ball and the run game didn't really get going too well. But let's remember that we've got a quarterback who's come back off a very serious injury. So let's not put him under pressure unless we have to. And we weren't really chasing the game. I know we had penalties and it was frustrating to watch, but the defence carried us through this game and won us the game. Let's let's not, you know, beat around the bush. Um, and Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo dusted off a bit of, you know, dust and he got through the game. I know it sounds ridiculous to say that our quarterback got through the game fit, but we have to be realistic of what happened and remember what happened last season. If that happens again, this whole, it all goes to poop, as Katz just said. And, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of the play calling decisions um, was to, to protect Jimmy as well and to get the run game going because we've got four guys on the roster who you know all wanting to be even though Coleman started as the number one uh, they all want to be the number one running back don't they it's clear to see uh, that they all want to be the main guy so yeah it's I don't know I just for me I thought it was a bit of a protective offensive call. For me, it was frustrating at times, but it was still a win. We still won. It it was a win, and we're grateful for that. Um, a win on the road in the heat and the mugginess and the ick of Tampa Bay. Mark Kant, let's move on to some other questions that we've had in comments. Um, Mark has asked, with the exception of Kittle, are the rest of the wide receiver core good enough? We touched on it. What do you really think? I, can I just go back to what Deepak was saying about Pettis being our number one receiver? I don't think he is. Because the, the guy was playing a um, considerable amount of time, game time, in the preseason games. Kyle Shanahan's come out and said that he did that to text Pettis. Something has gone on for me with Pettis. I don't know whether the head coach has lost a little bit of faith, but for him to be playing complete third quarters in the third and fourth or third, well, I think it was the fourth, whatever, game of the preseason. He kept him on the field longer than any of the receivers. He's testing this guy, but I don't think he's our number one receiver. I think, truthfully, our number one receiver is George Kittle, <laughs> even though it's a tight end. But, and I think, they, you know, we're going to see all these guys. I think Debo Samuel, will have, personally for me, will emerge as our number one receiver this season because of how safe his hands are. He reminds me of Anquan Bowling. You get that guy the ball, he will grip that ball. I don't think we'll see him fumble this season. I hope we don't. Um, so, yeah, I think that as a core, it's very exciting. We've got the talent. I think, you know, it just takes a bit of work and a bit of understanding, a bit of chemistry. Um, yeah, in short, I think they are good enough. Yeah, I have to agree. And I, I also think, you know, we need to talk about Marquis Goodwin a little bit here. I, I actually mm. do think that 
same with Pettis. I think the more they get involved in the game, the more they'll be productive. But before any yeah. of those guys get involved in the game, we need to get Breeder involved in the game. We need to we need to establish the run. And I think the bigger question we need to ask ourselves is two things. Can we have the blocking that a running back needs? And do we have the blocking that our quarterback needs? Bearing in mind he's coming off an ACL, you know. So exactly. I think, so I think the O line is really where we need to perhaps pay the most scrutiny. And and I agree with you completely there because we know what Breda can do. We know he's a good running back. I mean, he was a workhorse last year along with Kittle. Um, I didn't see the holes open up for him, and so yeah, the the offensive line is they're going to have to be held accountable for that. Not again. <laughs> I thought we'd so. Honestly. Well, what else are we going to talk about? Come on. No, but I know, it's football. I, but seriously, I thought we'd solved it. But no, you know what, James? I think we will solve it, and I think we will solve it with the with the guys that we've currently got. I think there's a lot of promise there. You know, we've seen a lot worse than this, certainly on opening day, and I think that, that says a lot about this team and the way that they're being handled, managed, even coached. Even though I just said Shani's not really a coach, he's an OC. He's still the head coach, but I think he can be. He can be a great head coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can be, but uh, I think. Yeah, we we got to scrutinize the offensive line, but I think we have the talent. You know, do we have the ability to bring that talent out? Can we see them mature and grow? You know, there's going to be some very very testing testing games coming up for this team, and I uh-huh. think all of them will have a very positive effect on them because some are going to go our way, and some are not. And it's how you come out of the ones where things don't go your way that's what's going to develop these players. Yeah, I think just quickly to finish off the offensive line conversation, I think the league as a whole, the NFL, the offensive line, that those positions are the weakest across the league, if that makes sense. So I think every team has a starting offensive line and some teams have got awful offensive lines um, and we've seen awful offensive lines. So I think... It's not just an issue for us, just to, I suppose, didn't make any better for us, but I think it's an issue across the NFL. Well, and how much does the wide receivers breaking away and creating that distraction down the field open up the run game for us? I've always believed that. I have always believed that if you can complete a pass downfield, you are going to open up that line for us. I've never played the game, but I think, yeah, uh, yeah. I can see your point there, Kat. I can. For me, it goes the other way around. Your running game softens up the defense for your passing game to go. Not the other way around. You said Agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so that I'm clear, you set up the, the run game so you can set up your pass game, not pass first so you can set up the running game. Are you sure? It's, I've heard it's a pass first league. <laughs> okay. it is a passing league there's no doubt about that so we had a number of members um, Andy Mitchell uh, Greg Varley, Rob Newell all ask about about Jimmy Garoppolo and are we being too hard on him are we expecting too much or is he really the quarterback that we are hoping him to be what are your thoughts around Jimmy go on deep back. Uh around Jimmy well we've seen what he can do he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL so it's not unreasonable for us to expect something from him but that said 
again it's that acl and he's coming back from it you know and how will he respond to, to not playing for a whole year and recovery you know that's that's not his fault he got injured trying to win a football game for this team exactly so, so i i think it's unreasonable to put pressure on him but at the same time it's not unreasonable to have an expectation that this guy will be the franchise qb that will take us forward you know in order to rebuild your offense especially you got to know who your starting qb is you know and and uh and i i do believe it'll be jimmy g i think we need to be a little bit patient but um you know the, the qb too he's got heart that guy can play too we've seen him mm -hmm. play. you know mullins can play cj's got the courage of a lion you know so i think we're going to be okay in that department i'm hearing well i've read and heard are you talking about mike silver's report oh james no <laughs> I don't buy it one bit. He's purely done that to get me to get attention, and he got my attention. I read it and thought, "Yeah, that's a load of poop." <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I read what it actually said on the thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy until he's not our guy. Let's just say that. Simon Holdsworth asks, "Are we likely to dip into the market given Coleman's injury, or are we more likely to go with Jeff Wilson?" Jeff. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Stick uh, with Jeff. Yeah. Stick with Jeff. Okay, so I think we're going to move on from there. We're kind of running out of time. We're trying to keep this um, at a reasonable level in terms of length. Um, so why don't we look at next week's game? Remember, this is our first real season episode, too. <laughs> so we are going to head to Cincinnati. I believe we're in Youngstown, Ohio, practicing right now. Uh, the Niners lead the series against the Bengals 11-4-0. What, what, what thoughts do you guys have about going into Cincinnati this week? I think it will be a tough one, but I think it's also a winnable one. I think we should beat them. I think we, sh we should be able to handle them. I know they narrowly lost to Seattle, but that's not a benchmark of how good you are anymore. You know, Seattle are going to lose a lot of football games this year, so I think they're there to be exploited, and, and I do think we will beat, beat Cincinnati. We have won four of our previous six visits to Cincinnati. That's pretty good. I think we'll beat them. <laughs> I think we will as well. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll beat them. And I think we'll see a lot more from the offense this week. Um, I say I think there's a lot of dust that was blown off that game for the quarterback. Um, I think we'll see... A lot more from the offense this week. We can't rely on the defense for the whole season. Um, we can't keep them on the pitch for the whole game. So they've got to step up. And I think we'll see a uh, markable improvement this week. But yeah, I, I think we will win. Um, it's a winnable game, certainly. Uh, yeah, in short, I think we'll win. It's going to be a tough game. I just hope it's not as frustrating when it comes to penalties. I think the biggest thing for me is if we can come out of this game with an improvement in discipline and penalties and a win it's further progress i agree absolutely so well, that's all three of us saying we're gonna win it's gonna be tight it's gonna be a close game um i you know i'm hoping they can protect jimmy um but yeah i think they're gonna win too so we have this wonderful fun game we play in the group on facebook called the pick six that is being administered by our own ross Irwin. 
Uh, let's see. Week one, we had no pick sixes. I should have had one of you guys do this. Uh, we had no pick sixes, but Keith Fish, Doris Brewsty, and myself all had five correctly. Don't ask me how I did it. I just threw a dart at the board, and that's where it landed. Uh, okay, so next, guys. This is my favorite part of the show, and you know why. Are you guys ready to play the two-minute drill? Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know what the two-minute drill is, this is kind of our lightning round, and I ask questions written by Neil Jepson to these guys in a round-robin format, and they will have exactly two minutes to get through all the questions I have. So here we go. I have two minutes on the clock. Ready? Let's begin. Deepak, after the first victory, do we follow up with another against the Bengals? I think we all said yes. Yeah, we did. And I, I'll go a little bit further and elaborate. I think um, by 10 points, I think we're good for two points. Two, two. 10? Yeah, I do. Wow. Okay. Um, sorry. James, does Jimmy have enough quality weapons to throw to? Yes, and the further the season goes on, the further we'll see them gel, and he'll establish chemistry with all of the receivers, not just a couple of them. Awesome. Deepak, with Bosa recording his first sack this season, will he make double digits in sacks this year? Uh, I think yes, if you want a binary answer, but I think this defense is going to get even better the more it plays, so expect great things from Bosa. Awesome. James, with Jimmy G recording the quickest release time of the ball in the league this week, do you think he's scared to take a hit? Yes, and I think I'll refer you to my early statement. Dust getting, <laughs> dust getting blown off. Let's just say that. I think, uh, yeah, he's through week one. Um, yeah. Deepak, with Kittle touchdowns called back for penalties, were they too fired up or just damn stupid? Damn stupid. Next question. <laughs> James, who has impressed you the most from week one? Nick Bosa. Deepak, winning season, yes or no? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I might want to further that one. James, will Kittle continue to dominate at tight end and be the number one this year? Yes, but it'll be between him and Travis Kelsey once again. Uh, again. Yeah. Deepak, do we have enough cover at running back? Uh, no. In terms of ability and durability, I think we're a little bit weak in that department. And I am going to call it. We have on the clock. Good job, guys. Okay. So I want to go back to the winning season. So elaborate on that. Get a prediction from him, Kat. <laughs> yes, I want a prediction. A winning season, Yay. it means more than eight games, basically. I think. Right. I think if we hit an eight and eight se season, it could even get us into the playoffs. But. I think with the recovery, it's a new roster and everything coming together, if we can stay injury-free, I think 8-8 eight and eight would be an extraordinary achievement for this team. You know, I, We are still rebuilding, and I'm quite grounded about this, because last year we never got the chance to rebuild. And I know that there's a huge amount of expectation, but for me, I think as long as we're moving in the right directions, we're showing maturity, we're showing progress... You know, that's good enough for me. It might not be a playoff and it might not be an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. But I think with this team, our patience has been tested to the limit by the York family. I think we need to just be a little, just give them a little bit more and use the, the final bits of fumes in our engines to 
be a bit more patient. I think we can expect great things from this team if they carry on as they are. Just to clarify, you're saying you're saying eight and eight. Well, I'm saying eight and eight would be an extraordinary achievement. So I think anything more than <laughs> come on, what do you think? What, really, do you think we'll get eight and eight. No, I think we'll be good for for seven wins. I don't okay. think we'll quite do eight. That's and eight. fair. Seven is fair. I think eight and eight's my prediction. I I think I held it back slightly last week, but I think eight and eight's my prediction. I think it will be. I think that's a great season for us. I really do. Yeah, it would be outstanding. I would love eight and eight. I really would. For me, I would be over the. That would be winning the Super Bowl for me at this point. You know, realistically, I think yeah, maybe we're looking at seven and nine. Hey guys, I okay. just want to throw something right quick into the mix. Are we going to sweep the Seahawks this year? Because this is our best chance <sighs> to do it in years. <laughs> oh. it, it depends if. Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson scrambles away from our D-line or whether our D-line can get to him before he can scramble, that's the big thing for me. Um, but then again, Bosa and Ford have both got the speed off the edge too. If he does, you know, come out of that, if he rips out of that pocket and runs like he normally does to try, they've got the speed to catch him. So, yeah, we're going to smash him. And also, our pass rush is, is there, you know, and Seattle's, yeah. and Seattle's O-line isn't that great either. So I think we have a chance. Well, and that's the nice thing. We've gone, we've, we, even though we have not had a winning season in a couple of years, you can see that we have improved. And that was the one thing this podcast focused on last year was looking for those improvements, which I kind of want to also do this year. But I, and I think just looking at yesterday or last week's game, yesterday's game, I watched the game again last night. Can you tell? Um, last week's game there's improvement there i mean the foundation is there i feel like there's you know we have the discipline issue we have a focus issue i think and the seahawks are not what they were you know so they've lost a lot of people granted we have two of them but and and i I feel like wilson is starting to, to drop a step you know so i yeah i think we could I think we could sweep them. But that's why I said maybe 8-8 eight and eight could get us into the playoffs because the Cardinals are weak as well. The, the Rams are the only this is true. real strong team we have in our, in our division. Yeah, the, the Rams will win the division. And I really hope that we can at least split with the Rams because, you know, I have a long, deep hatred of them. So I hope we split. I would prefer to beat them both games. but Split with the yeah. Rams and it's up for grabs, that NFC West this year. It's going to be interesting will be a fun year i'm looking forward to it can't wait for sunday's game well guys i think uh that just about does it <laughs> i know poor d you need to come back soon deepak i will yeah. uh, and that being said i know i'm very pleased to have an old voice returning and deepak returning i want to reiterate my point that i'm going to keep saying all season until we get new voices on here uh, we want new voices on here. Basically, we want new, new go- We want new opinions. I'm, su- I'm sure you're sick of hearing me. Is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's James. You're right, though. I think anybody who wants to feature on the show, they just have to send one of us a, a direct message. You know, and uh, I'm yeah. still working to try and get ex players and certain media types to to feature as guests. This is your show, so if you want to be on it, you know, we would. There's nothing mm. that would give us more pleasure and. So many people are involved in this group to make it what it is and truly thankful for all of that. 
and we would love to talk to you. It doesn't take much, just a little bit of time. We record, we put it on a Google Drive, and we're done. You know, the editors take it from there. So please, please, please send us all a direct message. We would love to have you join us. Okay, well, then I think that's going to wrap it up. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and James Little, I'm Kat Victorino. We will return next week. Enjoy the game. I hit stop and I meant to join you in that. I knew you were going to do that. Where is it? Where's it gone?